SAF podcast brings to you the coherent, cohesive, logical, and relevant defense of the Christian worldview. From laymen to experts in the field, everyone can tune in and be equipped. We also aim to introduce to the audience the plethora of work and research done in the field of Christian apologetics in defending the faith and the individuals who further the intellectual cause of Christianity by featuring the greatest minds of the Christian apologetics arena. Hello everyone, welcome to yet another brand new episode of SAFT Podcast. I'm truly excited to have you here with us and we have a very special guest joining us for the very first time. It's Chris of 1C15 Apologetics. Chris, welcome to SAFT Podcast for the very first time. Uh, uh, cheers, Jacob. Thanks for having me on. Right. Um, so before we move on any further, uh, let me just remind our audience to subscribe to the channel. If you're listening and watching on YouTube, you'll be updated on all our upcoming podcasts. If you're watching on, if you're listening in on any other podcasting platforms, uh, do make sure that you are following the podcast contents. And if you like what you hear, uh, do rate us and share the word around. It will help us a lot in what we're doing. So who we have here is someone who is taking the Instagram apologetics arena by storm. So Chris runs the 1C15 uh, Christian Apologetics Library Instagram account. And I've actually talked about Chris in one of the early podcasts where I referenced the Apologetics Avengers poster that made us all fall in love with what what Chris was doing. So I'll be dropping a link in the description to the uh, Dropbox where you can find the posters, be it for your laptop or your phone or whatever format you want. If you're someone who like apologetics and apologetic speakers, you're going to fall in love with this. And if you're an Avengers fan, then there's no doubt you will definitely want to get it on. I have it on my phone, I have it on my laptop, so do check it out. And so getting right on with it, what we'll be talking on today is something that is very relevant today because apologetics has now turned about to be not just about books and YouTube videos because for the past couple of, I guess, uh, for the past two decades, that was uh, the YouTube videos and internet was a very prominent area. But now with how well fed and how well popular these online Instagram platforms um, such as Instagram, Facebook and others are there. Social media apologetics or more specifically as we might be talking about Instagram apologetics is picking up pace very much. And Chris is someone who has a very interesting story to share with us from his life about his journey from being an atheist to a Christian apologist and how you can make use of your Instagram platforms to spread apologetics. So uh, to start off with, uh, Chris, what can you say to our audience about yourself? Maybe you could introduce yourself a bit more. Yeah, um, thanks, Jacob. So my name's Chris. Um, my full-time job is a graphic designer. I mainly do website stuff, which explains the Instagram stuff. Um, and I'm based in the UK, um, so nice little different time zone here. Nice and cool over here. Um, and yeah, I run the website, one c15.co.uk which is a simple apologetics website just set up to help my local church but um turns out it became quite popular so um yeah had a bit more to play with after that right and once again i'll be dropping the link to his instagram account the poster and the website in the description so do check it out um chris as i mentioned you were you were not born a christian you you were an atheist for a very long time so how was that journey from atheism to christianity 
Yeah, so I suppose, I suppose no one's born Christian, but I see what you mean, yeah, growing up in a Christian environment. So I suppose um, for me very much it was a sort of happy family, nice house situation, um, and it was sort of a bit of a bubble, everything perfect. Um, if there was God, he was distant in the, in the background because we had money, everything was okay. But then I think as things started to um, fall apart, um, things like family falling apart, I was bullied at school, um there were a lot of difficulties i would use escapism like playing computer games things like that i'd like to escape um and yeah life got very tough and i got suicidal at the time and i did wonder where god was in all of that though i wasn't exactly the most keen searcher most of this happened in my teen years um with many the teen years are quite difficult um so yeah i ended up going down a sort of a more uh suicidal path However, I ended up being stopped from doing that. Um, I was listening to a Coldplay track, and I'll make sense of that later. Um, but I'll make a joke that Coldplay and God um, saved my life. It'll make more sense later. Um, and then, yeah, I then sort of, I drifted kind of from a, an agnosticism, sort of a, a very agnostic household. Um, I joke that my dad's actually a pantheist. He just doesn't realize it. Um, but um, yeah, sort of, drifted towards atheism, mainly out of anger, a bit of a rebellious nature. And um, so I ended up going after whatever made me happy. I was friends with whoever benefited me. So it was all about me and creating a system. And I got very involved in activism. Anything basically that sort of gave me my own purpose, my own meaning. But the problem with that I found is it didn't answer any of the deep underlying questions I had. It just sort of kind of temporarily filled the void, the void of... Um, which I would say God should be filling. Um, one of the problems I had with my atheism is, uh, interestingly, I doubted my atheism. Um, a lot of the questions I had as a teenager um, about the beginnings of the universe, about meaning, purpose, value, reason, logic, things like that, um, I couldn't find any answers in atheism. It just, there was very much a, it just is, get on with it, get on with the show. That was very much the mindset. So. My heroes like Dawkins, Hitchens, Peter Singer, um, and all the TV comedians who, many of them are atheists. Um, they were my role models, but they also didn't provide any answers. They just comforted, I would say, my lack of exploration. Um, so from there, um, realizing I still had a lot of burning questions not being answered, I gave the religion a different, another go, but not going to let's say my religious friends in the playground or I basically wanted to actually study them understand what did they claim what could I know about them and I very quickly ended up with just um Judaism Islam and Christianity um not to rule out the uh, eastern gods but uh, I mean here in the UK it's what you may know the most of but, but also a lot of what I was discovering in science for example the big bang stuff all of this just seems to look to a very personal, involved creator. And I'm not an expert at Hindu gods, um, but the theistic ones just seemed a lot more involved. And that's what I've left these three on the table. And that sort of kind of brings you down to Jesus. But the, my biggest doubt of atheism, really, that led me to exploring Jesus was Charles Darwin. Um, Darwin had his own doubts. Um, things like, if, we're, if it's all just a product of evolution with an unguided process and no one is in charge of that, how do we know anything coming out of our mouths is trustworthy? And this was a real problem for me. This is that logic I was talking about. Um, 
So Christianity was the path I went down. Um, the character of Jesus Christ, certainly if he was real, if he was genuine, then I was very interested in him. And initially I went around trying to imitate him in terms of I tried to live my life off these Jesus principles, but it was so hard and it didn't work. And arguably when you're kind of halfway, it kind of feels a little bit worse because you're just beating yourself up for not fulfilling any of pretty much half the Sermon on the Mount. So, um, so then I, I took Christianity more seriously from a perspective of actually, if Christianity is true, then I need to treat it more than just a rule book because my Christian friends were saying, no, it's not a book of rules. It's about a real person who really wants to know you and care for you. And he's given ways of actually understanding him. And I said, well, how does that work? I said, well, you pray. I'm like, do I need to kneel, do the sign of the cross? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's just what school taught you. Um, and this is no disrespect to Catholics. Um, but for me, my, my school experience was uh, not great of the Christian church. They weren't the best representatives. Um, but also, I didn't really see much Christian. I think it was just a case of, in England, you get a lot of people, they're Christian because they're English. Um, mm -hmm. That's yeah. disappearing, but you get a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I would have called myself a Christian as a kid because I went to a uh, Catholic school, but not because I, that meant anything. It, it was just, it's part of the culture. You get the same in Northern Ireland. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just sort of, they're, they're Christians by culture, but it means nothing. Um, mm -hmm. You get it with football fans in Scotland. So, um, but yeah, Celtic and Rangers. So for me, uh, my point of conversion, the key bit, I think, is um, I was introduced to prayer and just said, look, it's just talking to your father. So I said, okay, okay, God, father, will you help my grandmother? I was like, why are you a grandma? I was like, I don't know. She was just on my heart and I didn't know why. I mean, I knew she was suffering. She had dementia. Her husband died around the time I was born. And, you know, I'd always associate this benchmark of just saying, great, one in, one out. He was a hero of the family, though. And I was just thinking, wow, I never really got to know him. And, you know, now my grand's got dementia. She's so sad, so unhappy. And now we're trying to find her a home. And every time we go there, she's miserable. Um, so I prayed that she'd just be happy again. And it turns out a day or two later, we find her a care home. She has a walk around. And my dad is stunned by saying she just broke out into laughter and joy. just saying, I want to stay here. I wow. feel home. Wow. And yeah. And my dad just looked at me and said, if there was ever a miracle, that was it. Mm -hmm. And that literally like stunned me that moment. Um, you know, when Peter gets to catch a fish and he's like, right. Lord, I'm not, I'm not worthy of you. And mm -hmm. I, I had that moment. I was like, I'm not worthy of my prayers being answered. Look at how I live can I really be a Christian? Just, just look at my baggage. And, you know, I, I went up to my room to pray. I didn't go through it with my dad just saying, oh, I prayed for Gran, because he'd be like, that's weird. That's nice for you. Um, no, um, I went alone to think about it. I watched The Passion of the Christ. I'm a designer, so I like details. By gosh, you get details there. Um, and um, yeah, in this, I really saw the image of Christ. I saw God caring about me. And I prayed, um, with now my future wife, I spoke to her on the phone and, and um, I prayed I gave my life to Christ and made a commitment. And I just felt a peace over my life, a peace like I've never felt before. And it's a peace I'm very familiar with now. And it's a peace that sort of seems to follow me every day. And I've not had that prior to that moment. And since then, it's a regular thing. And it's, yeah, that, that, that sort of how an atheist, let's say how an agnostic became an atheist, became a Christian. So there, yeah, that's my nutshell. That's my quickest attempt at telling my story. 
Wow, that is that is really encouraging to see that uh, that the aspect of prayer itself played out in the in the life of an agnosis or as mm-hmm. an, an agnosis atheist to come to Christ. So many times yeah. uh, we have this conception that it's arguments that are primarily necessary to bring about that change for an atheist mm-hmm. because we see atheists to be very uh, very verbal in their objections to Christianity. and not specifically on open to prayer but amazing amazing testimony to hear how the lord worked in your life mm-hmm. and um, so g- looking back at your journey from atheism to christianity is there any advice or suggestion that you wished you should have received early on that would have uh, helped you reach the christian faith easier or earlier or is there any advice that you wished you would have followed through when you received it back then mm-hmm. well I just remember one last point, that Coldplay lyrics, the lights will guide you home, adding night your bones and I will try to fix you. That was the Coldplay song. Well, that was, to me, that was um, Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the Father. Um, so, but more to your question, um, any advice? Yeah, I think this is the key thing. I was an aggressive atheist. I didn't talk too much about that. I don't want to give all atheists a bad rap because they're not all aggressive. Is um, we have biases and you need to know you have a bias. But what you need to know is, are you being so biased that you won't give Christianity a chance? So mm-hmm. for example, if someone's claiming UFOs, don't just dismiss them, like check their claims. And usually that gets rid of them by checking their claims, but actually find out, well, why do you actually believe this? Don't just say no, explore things. If you've heard it once or twice, well, you can develop an understanding for it. And also don't just, um, with Christianity, don't just look at one scary church you've heard in the news and say, oh, that's Christianity. No, try to find, genuine believers or look to the bible look at how christians are meant to be because right. i bumped into a lot of christians who weren't well they turned out not to be christian but i thought they were um so and um well it took me a while to realize the evidence for christianity is quite good and reliable you just need to know the right sources know the right mm-hmm. places to look i didn't even know who william lane craig was until about two years into becoming a christian um but My gosh, him for anyone on day one would be brilliant. He's a brilliant place to start your exploration because he loves to look at deeper questions and he's debated many atheists on it. Right. Yeah, and, and seeing what's right behind, like I can see that you've gone through a lot of sources, a lot of materials to go over with. Yeah. Um, I, I, I won't just read one book and just say that's it for me. No, I, I want to make sure I'm not just reading one opinion. Mm-hmm. I want to see are exactly. there a lot of people saying the similar thing. Right. Yeah, and many times we we see many people judging uh, Christianity by its misuse. And it's often said that don't judge a philosophy by its misuse. And uh, uh, it's, it's really heartwarming to see that there were Christians at that time around you to guide you to the true faith and not be uh, opposite to you. And that is also a call to action for all of us Christians who are listening uh, in this podcast to be that to have that open heart ready to receive and help out uh, a fellow non-believer. Now, coming to the main point that we want to discuss about, Instagram apologetics. How would you define, if someone were to ask you to define IG apologetics, how would you define it? Is it a well-defined field or new? What is what is going on there? So I think there's a lot of Christians who are on Instagram. And I would say in terms of apologetics, a few thousand maybe, I would say. If you've got billions of Christians, I'd say a few thousands are doing it on apologetics. So that's actually quite small. There are some um, big apologists 
bigger Christian apologists who are on the channel. Like you've got mm -hmm. the Reasonable Faith, Stan to Reason, Frank Turek. Um, but then there's lots of smaller ones. So um, it's getting there, but I think there's a, still quite a lack. It's very much a secondary project for a lot of channels, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are basically like when we come across many apologetics channels, we see two categories. One is like you mentioned, reasonable faith, stand to reason, cross-examine, these ministries who have an Instagram account. Then there are other individuals, most specifically like you and uh, who was Muhammad uh, and others who have primarily focused Instagram apologetics. Like the key area that they focus in on most of their efforts is, uh, is Instagram. And um, so how do you do IG apologetics? Is there some sort of advice you would give someone on how to do Instagram apologetics? Yeah, so I have uh, my own version of the Ten Commandments for Instagram apologetics. Um, but it's not in the KJV English, I'll do it in modern English. Um, yeah, so firstly, know, if you do Instagram apologetics, you need to know the purpose of your account. So, for example, mine is apologetics. And more specifically, it's historical apologetics. I try to do New Testament and resurrection. Someone might do God's existence. There are other pages that share quotes and memes. Um, so you could already got these types of pages. If you try to do all of them, you probably have no time. That or you have a lot of time. I don't know, I'm nearly 30. I have less free time than some younger teenage folk who way more time than me. Um, and also, yeah, try to hone in on something. Um, we need probably more apologists doing, let's say, if someone's really good at the moral argument, how about an account just on the moral argument? So I'm spending two and a half years to pile my feed for New Testament evidences. Well, imagine if we started doing this per category. We'd have all these great channels that could join together in a network. And um, I hope we get more of them, more, more um, specialists, like we do on YouTube. Um, and uh, so my second one, I would say, is look at what other Instagram accounts are doing. So the mm. first thing I did, I looked at, who are the Christian apologists? What are they doing? And what are they doing right? What are, what are the kind of tips? And just take, take notes. Um, the third one, so follow um, branding pages. So they've got these pages like brand, the Branding Harry and things like that. These are guys who do branding for a living. And so their Instagram posts are usually full of tricks and tips to make your post appear more or um, to make it more prominent. For example, if you have a carousel of two images, your post will appear twice from someone's feed, for example. Most people don't know that. It's a great mm. little tip. So doing oh. carousels. And the, yeah, lots of little tips and things like that just to help your posts appear more and get a bit more going. So I have more carousels coming in my next season of work. Um, next commandment, um, use a design tool if you can. So I use Canva. I have the design software, but Canva is so quick and easy. And yeah. they've got so many templates, you don't need to be a designer. You can just use a template, chuck in your content, and at least then it, anything that looks appealing is going to get people's eyes. Um, the Generation Z, um, hmm. the post 2000 people, they look at visuals and they stop. It catches their eyes. Memes uh, catch their eyes too, but if you're not doing a meme, it needs to look good. So um, aesthetics is very important. Yeah, and Canva um, is online and free to start with. So that's a yes. very good place to start. Yeah, Canva's free. So definitely use that. Um, you can pay to upgrade it. You get some fun things, mm. um, but do it if you're comfy and you've used it for a while. But most of us, I suppose, want to do it, use it for free. Uh, next commandment, have a schedule. Um, know when you're going to post. I notice sometimes I post at nine in the morning. It'd do all right. Post at lunchtime and it'll do so much better. 
Um, I'd have to think about you know where the audience are. I think most of my audience, half of them at least, are from India. So I was like, okay, what's what's a good time for India? Well, not four a.m. in India, maybe maybe lunchtime in India or in the evening. And yeah, my posts are better there. So um, have a schedule. No one's best. And um, yeah, and next one use hashtags. Um, I was told very quickly, I used five or six hashtags. They said, dude, you should be using 30. So, like, oh, uh, yeah, use 30 hashtags. But don't just use hashtag Jesus, hashtag um, uh, religion. You can do. But if some, if five million people have hashtagged Jesus, then every second someone's following a hashtag, your feed's disappearing. So you want popular, but not too popular hashtags. So if you can assemble 30 of them, rotate them around, for example, like hashtag Christian apologetics is going to get you a lot more than hashtag Christian. Hmm, hmm. Just just because there's a lot less. A lot more people are looking at it. Uh, Next one. Um, Yeah, interact well with other apologists. So don't um, fog off other Christian apologists. Fog off. When I say that, I mean ignore or just uh, interact with them. You know, um, I've interacted with many other apologists on Instagram, and they've taught me a lot. I've learned a lot from them. And to be nice obviously with Christians, you know, this is another form of community. Um, and they might share your own posts as well, which is nice. Um, next tip. Uh, so I've got three more of, uh, manage your private messaging. I probably get about 50 messages a week, um, which is great, but make sure you set times. Otherwise you'll be on Instagram all the time. And that could be quite exhausting, which kind of leads to my next point. Avoid burnout. If you're really getting Instagram and, I hit a thousand followers. It went quite quickly, and I was I was like, great. Um, but I needed to take like a two week break in between all of that because so busy. I kept looking at the likes, kept looking at the follows, and you know, just monitoring the progress. But yeah, sometimes it's good just to have a break. It's not like everyone's mm-hmm. going to leave. So, and last tip, I suppose, is sort of if you've got a story or a post, like if I quote Frank Turek, I might tag a minute. And you know, so, sometimes they might just share it. Um, they may not, but it's nice to give them credit and they might say, Hey, I like that quote. I'm going to share that too. Or um, it introduces people to these apologists. So a lot of us smaller apologists, our job is to introduce them to the scholars who right. may not spend as much time on social media. So we yeah. are sort of like a, an intermediary as, as you will. So we mm-hmm. can point them to bigger resources because I myself am not a scholar. I just love to read and um, love to share stuff with people. So yeah, those are my 10, I would say those are my 10 tips. Right. Very, very well put. And uh, so all of these 10 tips, if I'm right, focusing specifically on someone who is creating content on Instagram like yourself. But yeah. what about people who are not creating content but would like to um, still do apologetics with other resources? Mm. What would be your advice to them? How should they proceed with it? So there are some types of apologists. Uh, I've known a few. They are kind of content warriors. So there's some people on Instagram who want to get involved in the comment section and may strike up a conversation. It leads to private messaging and they go back and forth. And some um, might be led to um, commit their life to Christ or beginning their Christian journey. So that's definitely one way. I mean, if you follow 30, 40, 100 pages, there's always going to be comment sections. There's always going to be Mm -hmm. seekers in there. You can always interact with them. Um, Also, there's a lot of people who they don't post much but you might repost, you might reshare stuff in your story, let that be another way to get things out there. So you can support. So if you like a post, give it a share, it gets it around to your friends and other people. Um, 
and it's sort of as a network um it's very helpful i mean if no one liked my post or no one shared it you certainly wouldn't be able to get this information out there as much and this is the same with many other pages so you can just be involved without posting anything i know many apologists on there who haven't posted a single thing yet they've got a thousand followers because they interact with those thousand people or have done over time um so i think there's many ways really even without mm. a single design right and, and i suggest you know even if you're not actually creating kind of the best way to to do would be to share kind of that is already out there you know share it on your stories people find many stuff on the shows and in instagram unlike in facebook uh sharing story is more prominent with with facebook you can just simply share a post onto your tag on your timeline but in instagram mm-hmm. it's more the story so that is a very easy way or you can just share it to a non believer and direct them to more apologetics oriented accounts for them to go through with uh you know get through the website or the account so that is also a, a way we can proceed with um coming on coming to a close um you you talked about what to do well it's also quite important what not to do when doing instagram apologetics so what mm. would you suggest that people who are creating content or sharing content do not do when doing instagram apologetics so i think one particularly bad habit i i only seen it very rarely but say if you're new and you're creating content or you're just sharing content don't tag every christian apologist you know it's kind of like like uh, it can be like a spam email you're just like why would I be tagged in this and you look at it and you're like i don't really understand why i've been tagged i get it they want you to share it but it it can come across as rude i suppose mm-hmm. um and after you've received like five or 10 of them i end up unfortunately after you them because i i think oh they're tagging me because oh there's something like really relevant or someone's calling me out and i need to write a response no it's just um they've shared a post some of them could be very nice if you like a jesus loves you or a bible quote that's great um but i i will see them on my feed anyway so um it's the extra attention it's it's a bad habit and it it can be a bit off putting um so if if you're sharing a quote from them great tag it like if i share frank to a quote from frank turek keep using him as my example um i will tag him in the quote because it's a frank turek quote but i won't tag him in a william lane craig quote for example right. that without be a bit confusing um other bad habits i suppose as um private messaging so there are some christian apologists on instagram like myself like yourself and if people think oh he's active i'll start asking him questions um we're not a replacement for pastors um mm. that is an important thing we're a friend um but don't bombard christian apologists with questions i know some accounts they don't even respond to any i'm kind enough and i respond to a couple a week um if i find the time um but yeah i would uh i would be friendly but treat them like a a real person um who has think about it 50 people might be doing this mm-hmm. they won't be able to get round to all of them so um i think just sort of um, being friendly but not depending on anyone i think that's the negatives would be depending on someone so tagging people or messaging mm-hmm. these particular mm-hmm. people you can turn them into idols and that can be a bad idea um yeah we're just human and we got mm-hmm. lots of other questions ourselves so So um some good do's is um if you share a post yeah tag it if it's relevant which is great um if someone shares a post and they write a little comment and it's a really nice one I'll reshare it sometimes not always um I'm inconsistent in that um but no it's it, if someone sharing a post from reasonable faith or me or something like that 
um, it's it's nice to know where it's been shared. And I see some pages, they just share my posts as their own posts, but they say, I got this from 1C15. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really nice. And you just right. oh, that's great. Um, I'm fine to do that. It's not like I'm make, making money from this. It's not a business thing. So it's really nice because the quote, it's glad it's getting out there and it looks, hopefully it looks nice. So um, people want to reshare. So some good habits are giving credit where credit's due and being very polite, really. Um, yeah. And the negatives are just don't over bother, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's very important. Like there are accounts that are willing to take in answers. For example, if you do Facebook, Dr. Hugh Rose page, he if you mm. message him he personally responds to answers to your questions uh, when he gets time and that is a big source of information I mean, a big big fanboy moment as well you know when you're sending a message and dr hero's oh. personal response so other than those instances like you said bombarding with messages and trying to you know be too cozy with them you know trying to be too no uh, casual with them might be a stress on them they also have things to deal with normal human beings busy life schedule so those are very good don't do's and do's to keep in mind. And uh, coming to a wrap, uh, what would be the top apologetics accounts out there that you would recommend our listeners to go and check out? Well, obviously my own. Um, <laughs> but after that, now I think if you're a student, um, Reasonable Faith, RZIM, they have lots of different channels. The Bible mm. Project, they have stuff which can fall into apologetics. Frank Turek, uh, Stand to Reason. And then there's some other pages which uh, I'm very much in touch with is pages like Is Jesus Alive? Um, yeah. Evidence for Christians, Truth Matters, Truth Feeds, Who Was Muhammad? Capturing Christianity. And after you find some of them, your recommendations will be very similar pages. Those are just a couple of examples. So um, you'll quickly find um, the right pages, I think. Um, I think when I first came on Instagram, I went to Capturing Christianity's Instagram he follows like 76 people. I thought, right, I'll follow about 40 of them. Um, the rest of them, I think, are personal people. But he, half, half the good apologists I found initially was just through that. So um, mm -hmm. that can sometimes be a good place. If if an apologist is following only a couple of people, I'm like, who would they find worth following? And I'm like, ah, oh, that's interesting. New page. So, Right. Yeah, that's that's very, very brilliant insight going about and checking whom they are following and finding other apologetics. Mm. Accounts, very nice. I like it. And uh, <laughs> before we wrap, if you could just take a quick moment and tell us about 1C15. Many of the audience would be wondering what is 1C15 supposed to stand for? Ah. Yeah, so 1C15 is 1 Corinthians 15, which is the resurrection passage essentially. It's where Paul goes into depth about the resurrection. Pass uh, verses 3 to 7 has that ancient creed. Um, that Jesus um, died, he was buried, and he rose again. And this is a statement historians date back within months of the crucifixion. So coming out of the cross, around Pentecost, this is what was preached. Because obviously the Bible comes together over time, um, in the decades to follow. But they're saying this message came out first, and it, first and foremost it was the resurrection, which is kind of the grand climax of 1C15 yeah. channel. I'll be doing a year on the resurrection in 2022. Excellent. And I've got a lot of evidence. I just got to make sure I've got it ready in time. Excellent. All right. And um, so do check out the channels Chris has uh, mentioned here and also check out 1C15, 1C15.co.uk. I will drop in, in the description and also in the show notes if you're listening on any podcasting platforms, all the links, descriptions, account, everything. So do check it all out, follow it and keep sharing the word that they're putting it out there and let it help reach 
other non-believers out there and may they come to see the truth as Christians has come to see the truth and may we all be embracing loving Christians to others so that as Chris friends were able to guide him towards the faith that we may be able to lead others in the faith uh, thank you so much Chris for joining us I was very excited to have you on with us uh, thanks I've, I've loved it very enjoyable all right and thank you so much our listeners for tuning in uh, do not forget to subscribe to our channel if you're listening on YouTube it helps you to keep tab on what all new videos that we'll be coming about and um, also if you're listening on any podcasting platforms it would be a great deal if you could follow us and uh, give us a rating it helps us to reach more people and uh, we also have a patreon if you're interested to support the content creation work that we do on YouTube with a few dollars you can support the monthly work that we do and also being a patron you can get exclusive access to our posts and updates what our upcoming recordings and also early access to our videos even weeks prior to they come out to the public so once again thanks so much everyone for joining in thank you chris for joining us and we'll see you in the next one cheers god bless thank you bye